0: Hi guys, welcome back to Anarchy. This is your host Becca. I'm so so excited because we just released Eugen Volume Two. So for all of you listening, if you haven't had uh, you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you check it out. It's exclusively right now on Apple Books. And I'm really excited because our the brand I'm interviewing today is such a new concept, and I'm really really excited to introduce you guys to them. If you haven't seen them already. Um, so without further ado, I would love to introduce you to the founder of Motif, Devanshi Garg. Uh, welcome to the show, Devanshi. I'm so excited to host you.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm a big fan and love the work that you're doing and the conversation that are happening right now. And your work with the Safe Seal and scientific wow. record behind your beauty
0: products. Thank you so much. No, I, I really, really love doing it. And I'm Excited because it's brands like yours that I really uh, get excited about hosting. I'm uh, really a fan of your cleanser. I think it's really unique. And for everyone uh, listening, I don't know if you guys have seen it around, but the Motifs cleanser is uh, really cool because it's kind of like a little mask every morning or whenever you're using it. You can leave it on as a mask and it deposits, you know, um, just really, really great ingredients that are great for your skin barrier. And it just is, doesn't strip your skin. And I'm a huge fan of it. So I'm excited, Devanshia. I really want to dive into the brand, obviously, and, you know, talk all about the ingredients, the science. But I really want to start with you and your background and how Motif was, um, you know, kind of conceptualized and, you know, what went behind the brand, if you could get us started.
1: Sure. Um, Well, you know, thanks for your early support, Iqba. My own background is actually in technology. So I'm a little bit of a beauty outsider in that capacity, but oh. my background in technology really was a lesson in strategy and data and business intelligence, design thinking, and most of all, customer centricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, on, in my personal life, uh, I oscillated between being a hardcore skincare junkie to a sensitive skin survivor, uh, living on a strict regimen of CeraVe and Cetaphil and nothing else. Because I basically gave myself rosacea by bombarding my skin and just
0: messing with its physiology. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's actually huge. Like, I'm actually, um, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm sorry you had to go through that because I know that can be so traumatizing. I've actually um, recently, you know, since I started skincare hierarchy, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but just to add to your point, I've seen this Mm -hmm. before, um, especially on like Reddit forums, because a lot of times people are so keen on trying every single product that comes to market that they don't understand that the, what they're doing to their skin is just stripping it and creating like a permanent inflammatory you know microenvironment for things to occur so yeah i i know it's a problem uh in skincare uh, you know enthusiast community especially so i i feel your pain <laughs> no,
1: no, no to add, add color to that experience my my main office was in the penthouse of basically a flagship sephora and, you oh, know, no offense there, but every evening sometimes I would like walk down, get a mask or get some other product or get a sample and just feel like I, you know, did something special for myself and really buying into that kind of very one dimensional self-care uh, story. And I would take it home. And um, anytime my skin burnt out, I would just try harder to kind of wrestle it into submission and uh, yes. So that was my turbulent <laughs> relationship with consumer skincare and the inspiration yeah. behind starting motif.
0: I mean, that's, that's insane though, that it, because, you know, it's such a real concern, right. For everyday consumers. It's not like, you know, a lot of times Um, I interview so many brands and there's so many great stories, but it's like, you know, very humbling to see that, you know, you guys, the brand founders are just like everyday consumers as well. You know, it's like, you go through a problem and then you try to find the fix to that problem. So what led to motif? Like, you know, what did you, um, what were the pillars that you started the brand with, you know, in terms of what you wanted to put out there and what you wanted for your products?
1: Uh, I was on, so this was, you know, 2020. I was on uh, only cetave and Cetaphil, nothing else. Uh, I was pregnant. I was getting older and I felt that the the very gentle options out there were just not potent, and they and I wasn't seeing results. And you know, to add to that mix, I had rosacea, which was just you know just very a uh, limiting, uh, a limit a limiting factor. And you know, I also struggled with um, hyperpigmentation. So during my pregnancy, I would have like one tiny zit, and it would just be a mark in the middle of my cheek that lasted the whole year. And I just found myself like asking what, like, if our skin behaves scientifically, why is there so much subjectivity in our skincare and our skincare products? It just didn't make sense. And ironically, at the same time, I was an innovation consultant working with, uh, working advising Fortune 100s in, food and beauty. And so for the first time in my life I had an insight into what was happening in R&D and product development and innovation and marketing in the boardrooms of these big beauty conglomerates. And it started to the you know the puzzle started to come together in terms of like what were the reasons for my dissatisfactions as a consumer. And then at the same time, you know, again through just it was like the perfect storm. Uh, A friend of a friend introduced um, me to Dr. Indy Chabra, who is um, a um, a core force behind our formulations. He's a Stanford educated, board certified dermatologist and also a PhD in chemistry. And we just bonded over the lack of science in consumer skincare, his experience in the clinic and my experience um, at home with consumer skincare and we decided, uh, to create Motif.
0: Wow. That's, I mean, I, I love that you went the right way though, you know, cause I know a lot of people sometimes they research ingredients and I actually have this conversation a lot with chemists, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. they'll mix ingredients, you know, and the, they'll come up with a little concoction and, and a lot of times it works for them. You know, a lot of times it really does work for them. And I, I applaud the creativity and the, and the curiosity of that. But I also know that, you know, having that board certified dermatologist that is really going to partner up with you in a way that is very much like, you know, every step of the way you're, you're consulting them, you're working with them, you're really learning the medicine of it all. You know, that is a really um, unique thing that I notice these days in brands. So, you know, because unfortunately um, a lot of brands will say, you know, we worked with a dermatologist, but it's not, it's not very like close-knit, you know, and I think that needs to be addressed because there's a lot of stuff out here made by chemists and I love chemistry, but at the end of the day, um, a a medical doctor is going to have this like approach, right? It's going to be biology, physiology, um, chemistry, you know, the immunology of it, you know, there's so many factors that come into play, with skin health. So it's so important. I was saying this really for the young entrepreneurs out there that might be thinking about creating a brand because there's so many things that go into making it. So that's really cool that you worked alongside, um, you know, uh, a really great doctor.
1: Yeah. You, you know, I love that you say that because for me, when I approached this, I felt the process was almost like, you know, three concentric circles. There's the core part, which is the chemistry, which is how ingredients behave, right, and how ingredients come together, and what gets dissolved, and what and what pH it needs to be, how stable it needs to be, does it discolor, does it fall apart, how robust is it, how scalable is it, and then there's you know the science, the science behind our skin and and the derm angle of you know what uh, you know how uh, how our skin works and how ingredients work with our skin. And what, and then it also translates anecdotally to what he's seeing in in the clinic, in terms of what people are saying but then doing. Uh, yeah. And then that, from my background was in psychology. and And then my training was in tech. And so I find myself thinking a lot about things like format and consumer behavior. Because that's another thing to solve for that we don't hear about a lot. It's such a focus on just the ingredients. But if we're delivering in a format that is not very user-friendly, if we're delivering in a format that causes extreme downtime, then people aren't able to be consistent with their skincare, which also means they're not going to see the results. So, you know, it's really, it all comes together in like a perfect symphony. uh, and, And that's what we really try to do with Motif.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that it's 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 a really important topic. But you know, what I really like is that you do have a very unique approach. I mean, like I said in the beginning of the interview, the cleanser itself, you know, even from the first step of skin health and skin routine, you've kept the, you know, importance of just giving your skin nutrients in mind. That is so unique to me because we often look at the cleansing step and I really want to take a t- some time here and and dive into the cleanser because it was <laughs> recently in our top picks. I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a really brilliant product and I want to talk about it, you know, because at the end of the day, cleansing is something we ignore as consumers. You know, we either do it quickly. We are in a rush when we're doing it. We're using a lot of times harsh so- harsh uh, soaps or, you know, whatever detergents we're using in our actual products. And, you know, it's really um, not good for you to just, just you know, blindly look over the step and not look at the ingredients and not think about, you know, what does the step mean to you as a consumer? Because, you know, at the end of the day, the cleansing step is the first time your skin gets exposed to any chemical, right? So the skin, the, the top cells, they're going to have a reaction. And I often say this, you know, I was on a, somebody else's podcast recently, you know, Devashree, and I was talking to them about how it's so important because right now we have this craze, right, in the skincare world where everyone is so focused on serums and moisturizers and, and these actives, right? But no one is stepping back and saying, well, where does it begin? You know, where does my skin's, uh, you know, exposure and the sensitivity aspect really start, you know, because that's that's why I get so intrigued, right? So I want you to tell us about the cleanser. Yeah. Where did the concept come from? What, did, what were you thinking and, and what did you want to achieve with it?
1: You know, I I can, you raise some really great points there. Uh, When I was looking to launch our line, you know, everyone was like, oh, well, so you're going to launch with a serum. You're going to launch with a serum. You're going to launch with a moisturizer. And again, maybe it's like the very like methodical part of me. I was like, well, the first step is how we wash our face. And I actually felt that it was the most underrated step in the industry, and I think it helped to have that vantage point as a beauty outsider. So I look at this category, and it's the largest category because at a bare minimum, everyone's washing their face, right? You know, even if you get that serum, and you know, the bare minimum you're washing your face. But if you look at it, and even if we just look at what are metrics of importance let's say dollar per ounce, right? It's the least dollar per ounce. It has the least actives. It has the most chemicals. It often has the most fragrance and irritating essential oils. And here we are first thing in the day, right? Or, you know, first thing in the evening, we're doing often doing damage to our skin or it's a missed opportunity where we're doing nothing to our skin. And then we just layer on products on top of it. So it's, it's either something that's taking our skin back a few steps or it's it's a missed opportunity. And so, you know, we named it abundance because it points to the wealth of ingredients, like the beautiful, scientifically backed, optimum-dosed ingredients that are in this cleanser that are also, you know, also maintaining that skin barrier, preserving it, your skin biome so that you you, you know you start well. It's it's an opportunity to make an impact. And, you know, really when I looked at rinse offs, everyone said, well, no one's going to pay for rinse offs. And when you look at the most dollar per ounce people are spending, what is it? It's a mask. That's also a rinse off. And if anything, that's a product that people are using like what once in a month, if that, if they get the time to do that. And so I wanted to create an opportunity for busy moms and people like me to. Use a cleanser and use that opportunity, that everyday opportunity, because an everyday opportunity is an opportunity for predictability and consistency and impact. So if we had this cleanser that was gentle and rich and uh, potent, you could leave it on for a minute in the morning, a minute in the evening, and it adds up to 14 minutes of ingredient exposure and it leads to real results that you can see and feel pretty much immediately. And so, you know, everyone told me not to start with a cleanser. And it, it's interesting because, you know, we, we're winning awards and, and it's really getting noticed. And we're getting a lot of positive feedback for, yeah. from, from, from the industry.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a great product. You know, I think the, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've said it many times, but I'll say it again. You know, uh, masks are my favorite type of skincare products. Yeah. I love math. You know, mm-hmm. they're my go-to. and And I will never back down from that because I recently, you know, Just to add, I want to add to this point because I recently created a skincare like a four step routine, right? I was doing it for TikTok and it was really in response to all of this other information out here, you know, about like skin minimalism and people putting routines up about skin cycling. So I thought, why don't I sit down? Let me make a routine. One of the things that I noticed when I was making that routine was no one is talking about skin cycling in the right way. And what I mean by that is, you want to talk about switching out your products, right? Serums, moisturizers, actives. Well, what about your cleansers? What about your night masks? What about your nighttime? Like anything that you, like you said, exposure, 14 minutes of exposure, right? What about your exposure products? Mm -hmm. Like no one is going, we're just not even discussing it as if they don't exist. They're some of the best products on the market. I have never had results like I do when I use a good mask ever from any other thing, whether it's a serum, moisture, doesn't matter. I love face masks because they're supposed to be made to be very nourishing. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be made to give you that direct dose of just great, you know, ingredients, great you know, effects immediately. And they last, especially, I'm I'm a huge uh, fan of like night masks or any kind of leave-on masks. So with your cleanser, what I love about it is exactly what you said, you know, in the morning, a lot of us are very busy, whether you're brushing your teeth, what are you doing? You're going to need, you know, it's like eliminating a step almost, you know, like you're, you're buying yourself time, but you're also like, you know, putting the idea of this instant exposure, this more nourishing, you know, approach to your skin health right from the get go of when you get up. Right. And so you don't have to wait until the end of the evening or end of your day in the evening to do a face mask. You can do it first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? And it's going to make your skin glow. And there's a lot of us out here who don't have time And you know what? Makeup loves a good face mask. Let me tell you right now, for everyone listening, if you're somebody who struggles a lot with your makeup, like flakiness or like, you know, whatever, this is a great product for you, this cleanser. Because one thing I noticed is once you do put it on, I leave mine on for like one to two minutes. You know what I mean? just depends on the day. And it's usually like, I'll put it on, brush my teeth, and then I'm ready to wash it off. And the cool thing is it's got that really gentle exfoliation in there with the beads. And it really leaves your skin primed, prepped, and ready. And so when I put on my makeup, it goes on beautifully. It's it's flawless. It's like a clean slate that you're putting it on. But you don't have to worry about, hey, I still have to do my hyaluronic serum. Oh, my God. I still have to put moisturizer. No, you don't because your skin like i said it's supple it's soft it's nourished and that's what we don't we're missing out on that you know what i mean by not using yeah. exposure products so that's that was my point <laughs> no no
1: thank you thank you for for all those um for all those insights
0: yeah.
1: when i um i i still had my full time job um when i was uh, started developing uh, our cleanser and we got our first submission And I tried it on, I washed it off and my face was so soft, like it's never been. And I quit the next day. I quit my full time job the next day (laughs) because I just, you know, I, I, I wanted, could I do it? Uh, And, you know, the world, the beauty world does not need another brand built on just marketing and branding. And so I really, the proof is in the pudding. I wanted a brand that people would buy over and over and a brand that was truly uh, providing impact and results. Uh, but, you know, it's its funny you say that. We have had some, you know, some people that are just like, well, you know, it doesn't leave my face squeaky clean. And so there's a lot of education we're doing is like, that squeaky clean is not
0: healthy feeling. That's not what you want. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even imagine the task in front of you with that. I mean, honestly, the thing is you are, I mean, I can't agree with you more. It's exactly what you said. You do not want your face squeaky clean. That means that you have stripped it, exactly. you know? And so people under, see, that's the thing. We have this misconception of what clean means in always in, in our world, you know, clean beauty, cl- being clean, like everything, you know, it just, you, you don't want your skin, whether it's your body skin, your face skin, yeah. nobody wants to strip that, you guys. Because you know how when you get really itchy, being itchy like on your body or something, that's not a sign of, oh, I just have dry skin. That means your skin is dehydrated. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's not just flat out dry skin. That's an internal prolonged you know a chronic problem that has now manifested into something that you're actually able to scratch your skin because it's so dry that's not a good thing so when you're doing like i said you know i'd explain like i explained how i use it right for my makeup this is a classic example if i were to use a a cleanser that strips my skin i can't just put my makeup on top of that i'm gonna have dry makeup And my face is going to be dry. It's going to look awful. And it's going to feel awful. And guess what? The makeup I put on top is going to suck more moisture out of my skin and my barrier. And so that's so, it is, it's an uphill battle to educate consumers on that. I can definitely see that being a little difficult, but I agree with you. I think that it's time, you know, to really get behind this idea of what does having good skincare mean? You know, we've talked about skin minimalism. We've talked about skin cycling and it's great. But really it starts from the first step and that is cleansing. And if you don't do that right, everything else that you do afterwards is going to be one, you're going to need more products. Two, you're going to have to deal with a lot more different issues. Like for example, putting in certain like, you know, like collagen or, or stabilizing, you know, properties into your, whether it's your moisturizer or serum. And there's a lot of things, right. That go into play. So I, I don't know. I I get it. I get it.
1: and that's why you ask people, like, do you have dry skin or are you drying your skin, right? Do you have sensitive skin or are you sensitizing your skin? And so yeah. you know, often we think our skin type is something we're born with, um, but it, we forget the agency we have when creating the situations that we're in.
0: Right hundred percent, especially with like, um, so I am, you know, in my, in my late thirties and I know that with, when women, as we age, our skin is going to naturally get drier, you know, it's part of being older and it's that estrogen, you know, the estrogen levels will fluctuate in your body. So I, you know, I want to speak about the ingredients in the cleanser, because I think it's really important. Um, I would love for you to walk us through like some of the things that you guys made sure were in there to help nourish the skin and keep it balanced and soft rather than, you know, stripped, like we were talking about.
1: Sure. So one of our hero ingredients are the pineapple phytoceramides. So again, they're um, most ceramides are synthetic and there's nothing wrong with synthetic, but we did find uh, these beautiful pineapple ceramides that are very bioavailable um, and, create, mm. and also have a functional molecule phytol, which, um, is a precursor to vitamins E and D. And again, just help reinforce that healthy skin barrier. Uh, and, you know, it also has a, a positive effect on like flagrin and collagen production. So I, I attribute a lot of that to, you know, the pineapple ceramides. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the luther fruit. So what you um, refer to as the beads um, are actually fibers, um, which is why they sometimes feel a little uneven. Um, yeah beads can sometimes scratch the skin um, and they're often made of like very hard substances like um, seed powders or um, shell powders, right? Uh, And so what we actually use is a loofah root. So it's the loofah, you know, the loofah that we, you know, bathe with. Uh, So it's actually a fiber, um, which is one of the reasons why it it can sometimes feel a little um, uneven because it's a fiber. So it's rubbing against your skin versus scratching your skin. Uh, and and plays a huge role in stimulating blood circulation. Um, I tend to get puffy puffy eyes when I don't sleep because of my two young ones, and so you know it really helps, kind of like almost like a lymphatic drainage effect. Um, and you know we have a French white orchid, which um, is uh, it contains compounds like um, uh, flavonoids, a lot of antioxidants uh, that help balance antirosinase uh, activity and protect the skin from aging and free radical damage. Um, and, you know, it's, and then we have shea butter, we have niacinamide, we have um, licorice. Uh, so all, a lot of ingredients that help contribute to the plumping um, effects and the softening effects and over time, even a radiance. And that seems to be a, a heavy lift for um. A
0: face wash, if you may, but yeah, people that's like that problem. try, it, they, they see it. It's a full uh, routine in a cleanser. That's really cool. Yeah. No, I think and, that's, that's, yeah, good. Yeah. You know, we, we, I don't want to prescribe
1: skin minimalism. It, it's It really is up. I, I feel like that's a choice that's up to the customer. What I want to do is create very meaningful products that are thoughtfully made and easy and desirable to consume. Um, because again, to promote that consistency, you know, when I travel, it's like the perfect size, I take it with me when I'm, you know, when I get off the plane, I can put a thick layer like a real mask. Otherwise, I, I use it to wash off my face, you know, wash off my makeup, um, wash off, you know, dirt, pollution, etc. So it's, it, it's really almost it's a, it's like maximalist beauty in a minimalist yeah. routine, if you may.
0: I feel like that's the best way to do minimalism though. I don't think, I don't really think believing in, you know, single ingredient products is skin minimalism. I think what skin minimalism is, is finding very sophisticated, you know, formulations and products that have really been tested and, you know, approached at from various angles. I think when you have a product like this, that is very sophisticated in its um, formulation and its approach That is true minimalism because you have now countered about 10 different issues with one product and you are reducing waste. You're reducing the frustration you feel as a consumer. You're actually using things that are going to be beneficial rather than fluff because of course the brand has done their homework for you, which by the way, I want to talk about that in a a little later, but I think that's so important. And I really want to say, you know, thank you for doing that because a lot of times we as consumers are left to just figure it out and that's not fair. You know what I mean? So like, I think that you have done that. That's huge. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things here that are of benefit. And I think one thing you said, which I think is very, very important is that, you know, you're a busy mom. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times women, especially we don't, it's like, you know, I've seen my mother do it her whole life, right? Let me just start there. You spend your whole life being so involved with everything that's going on, you always skip parts of your routine, whether that's skincare, whether that's self-care in other ways. And then you reach a certain age and you look back, you're like, I never took care of myself. You know what I mean? And so when we talk about skin minimalism, I often associate those kind of things, you know, on a psychological level. And I'm sure you can understand what I mean, where it's like, you know, when you flat out skip routine steps, like things in your daily life that are meant for you, it's adding to this like overall problem. And then, you know, you look back one day and you're like, I could have done things that are just so much more, you know, better for you overall in your mental state. And it would have helped you along the way, yeah. you know, and I think minimalistic products, like sophisticated minimalism, it helps combat that kind of stress, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. that that's really important. So
1: you know we you talk know. about you know, scientific literacy and accessibility. But a part of me, and, and, you know, this is what one of the big drivers also towards building motif is that there is too much education and there's, we're moving power away from the experts into the hands of the consumer. The consumer thinks they want that, but do they really, right? Because it puts such a huge expectation and burden on consumers to do the work, right? So for the busy mom to do the work, and then suddenly there's that, paradox of choice that when they don't feel results, they think it's them. And they then continue on this like search for better and better products and layering and, you know, doing more, uh, doing more aggressively. And and as a consumer, I wasn't willing to do that. I, I just wanted more headspace. I wanted more um, clarity. And so, you know, I love what you mentioned about minimalism, because I was seeking that in terms of just clarity. I wanted products that worked. I wanted products that I turned to again and again because I enjoyed using them. And right. I thought there must be others like me.
0: Of course. No, absolutely. There definitely are. And I'm, you know, I really support what you're doing. I think this is very much needed. And I think one of, okay, so, you know, I'm just going to speak from experience. Obviously, I that's all I have reference to, right, is my own my own thoughts and my experience. And I think for me, what really got me was that I could take the cleanser everywhere I went. You know, it's a really nice, like you've thought about a lot of different things and that's where I can tell immediately about brands. You know, I think because I see so many brands, um, it becomes easy for me to spot certain little things that go into making it easier for a consumer. So when I first opened the package, you know, just with the, the cleanser, I immediately noticed, you know what? I can throw this in a bag. There's not a a clunky pump attached to this. There's not, you know, these little things that we overlook, but it went a long way for me, you know, because at the end of the day, I don't have time. Sometimes, I kid you not, like, you know, my routine is like this. I know a lot of women out there and men out there who also suffer from this. We just don't have time in the morning. If you have to get to work by 6.30, 7 a.m. and you do not have time, You can't rely on products that are going to be just at home use products. You have to be able to take them with you. So like there's a lot of times when you are skipping out on certain things you would like to do, but you can't do it. You know, people talk about this stuff a lot when it comes to things like supplements or, you know, like those kind of products. But I think skincare is equally important because you have to think, you know, I don't want to have to compromise on not having a moisturizer or a cleanser or a serum because I have no time in the morning. You know, it's just not logical. So, you know, I just want to say, like, I think the accessibility, the the usability of the product, it really makes it yeah. a home run for me as well. You know what I mean? Because I'm actually going to use the product. You know, we, we're not going to waste literally yes. 75% of a product, you know. So um, yeah. that's huge. Yeah.
1: Thank you again for appreciating that. One of our mantras when, you know, doing approaching product development was show, don't tell. Uh, I mean, we will tell and you'll find everything you're looking for. Uh, We believe in transparency, but, you know, are we testing on people with color, people that have sensitive skin, uh, people that have eczema? Yes. Right. Are we building with those needs in mind? Yes. Are we thinking about how to, you know, prevent the congestion that can lead to acne? Yes. But I don't need to keep saying that, right? I don't need certain colored models in my marketing I can just show it because when someone feels it that's the way someone who hasn't felt seen feels seen when a product works for them right they don't need to see their faces in marketing campaigns they need to see a product that works because they realize then their needs were thought of and their needs were solved for and and the proof is always in the pudding.
0: Oh 100%. Yeah, and you know, I want to just even add to that a little bit too because I you know what really has driven me crazy for a long time is this idea of a lot of people, like I know a lot of people have eczema. They suffer from eczema. It's a real problem, you know, same with a lot of skin conditions. Psoriasis, you know, there's so many problems, right? Out there. Even dry skin. I mean, heck, you know, let's let's be honest here. You know, there's people that they will classify their entire beauty routine by saying, I am a dry-skinned person as if something's wrong with them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. we say these things and we label ourselves in these boxes, but it's very rare to find products that don't exacerbate that labeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the sense of, I'm sick of seeing products that are, oh, this is the original formula, but this is the eczema formula. Yeah. Well, do you know how, like, sub- like subconsciously, do you know what you're doing to a consumer when you do that? You're putting them in a box and you're putting, you're further propagating their mental state of feeling as if something's wrong with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're alienating them. And it's, it's also alienating an entire, you know, section of this industry. You're creating a problem where, I mean, one exists, obviously, XMA is a problem, but you're creating further uh, problems, you know, in terms of accessibility, in terms of, you know, consumers feeling safe. Like for example, if you go to Walgreens and they just so happen to run out out of the eczema formula of a product that you've been using, you know what I mean? You're going to be less likely to utilize the other product, which is just the original formula, because it doesn't have the big eczema seal on it. You know what I mean? So that's where I get very irritated with that because yeah. I don't think that's fair. I think you should. I think that's where the homework comes in. That's where brands need to do their homework. If you're creating a good, if you're creating a great product. I understand people who suffer from eczema require more hydration than, say, average consumers. If you have oily skin, you might not need that much, you know, like, uh, what do you call it, moisturizer or whatever, you know, but you will need your own level of it. So you can utilize things in different levels, right? You can use more of it or less of it. But as long as it's a good product, it's formulated well, there aren't any irritants in there. There aren't any, you know allergy or immunology, exacerbating, you know, aspects in the formulation, it should be a great product for everybody, you know? And that's where I really think that companies have to do more homework. You have to think about that because, yeah.
1: So I just think it's I important. I love that you say that. There were times when I didn't feel like seeing it's made for all skin types because it felt very mess and it felt like it took away from my homework. The homework that I did, but truly, I believe that we're all chasing that homeostasis. We're chasing that idea that our skin is in equilibrium. It's doing the best it can be. It is healthy. Healthy skin is soft and radiant and um, has optimum cell turnover and and all those things that will make it look beautiful and glowing. Yeah. And skin that isn't that. Is off, you know, it it, it it's fallen off the, the path. And what we need to do is pull it back on, right? And and if you look at oily skin, it doesn't mean necessarily that oily skin is sufficiently hydrated either. Or right. you know, or that anyone, even with resilient skin, should be subjecting their skin to irritating ingredients that would flare up someone with eczema, but Nevertheless, it's not good for anyone. So really, there was this thought process of, okay, how can we make this product really work for someone with dry skin, but also really work for someone with a tendency towards imbalanced sebum production? Uh, So really balancing all those skin functions for everybody uh, to get to that common goal of beautiful, healthy skin.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, you have really, you know, hits a nail on the head with it. I, it's a beautiful, beautiful product. And I, I'm a huge fan of it. And I think, you know, my next question really is it's about the, how does it work? Right. Because I mean, I really like to hear skincare, we are huge believers in the who, what, where, and why, you know what I mean? And how of products, because I think that's what the industry and consumers, they don't get enough of it. You know what I mean? In terms of, understanding a brand, why they should be buying it and how it works. So, I want to ask you, you know, how does the cleanser for example, how does it work? Why does it work? You know what I mean in terms of you had mentioned there are ceramides in there. You know, I love that. But, you know, what was have you guys seen any like survey data from like consumers or did you do any kind of, you know, studies or clinical trials yet or have you gone there yet as a brand? Yes, so they are currently underway.
1: Um and so I approach this in in two ways, right? First is the research that is backing the formulation process itself, which is again, something that a lot of brands get wrong, right? So when we started our formulation process, we realized that there were so many ingredients and so many ingredients had all these claims. It was almost like you could pick up any ingredient under the sun, you go online, you type it in and you realize it has amazing skincare benefits. Oh okay. my. Avocados to tomatoes to anything, <laughs> and yeah. um, I remember this one day. Um, Ikta, I emailed my derm and I said, "Hey, Indy, uh, let's you know. What about rosehip oil? Is there any scientific literature in rosehip oil?" And he replies back to me, "Yes, there is a lot of it. Uh, a lot of research about how ineffective <laughs> it is." I'm so sorry. He said yes, there's a lot of research about how ineffective it is for any skincare aging claims. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. So, so what is going on there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so, gonna I'm
0: not I'm like not gonna comment on that because I know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. So so what yeah. we
1: have going on here, right, is a situation where we have ingredient suppliers who have research that is you know not necessarily not all of it right is peer-reviewed scientifically backed independent unbiased which are the core pillars of the scientific method right and am i I causing trouble by saying that no you're not okay Okay. no this this needs to be said i mean it's true yeah. So, you know, with the rise of like clean skincare, there's been such a big focus about what shouldn't be in our skincare. And that's yeah. what the spotlight has been in the industry. You know, we look at like drunk elephants, like suspicious six, et cetera. And that's great. But we also need to be thinking about what is actually in our skincare and what is the supporting evidence there, even before we go into trials, right? So, right. you know, it, it reminds me of the, the famous, like, Kellogg research, right, where they said kids that eat Kellogg's perform better at, um, for breakfast perform better. At yeah. And yeah, they, exactly. eventually they got into trouble because their control group was kids that hadn't eaten any breakfast.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so now yeah. like complete we have,
1: we have claims like Kellogg's everywhere in the beauty industry. So we have all these ingredients that are great ingredients. Don't get me wrong, but are they scientifically bad? And sure, people are using the word science back differently. Hmm. We are using this term science back because we will only use ingredients if they have been seen and known and measured to have positive results, no negative results as per acclaimed rigorous scientific literature literature
0: out there exactly no you know what i the reason i kept quiet was because this is such a like for me it is such a huge point for me personally like i am very passionate about this you know on a, on a very personal level and that's really why the shameless plug but that's why i created the safe seal like point blank huh. this is why i created it because ah. of what you said you know what i mean this is, this is the problem no. we ah. have so one of the one of the things in the safe seal, right, that I put in there, and this is actually FDA regulated, and this is, you know, common in things that have to be FDA regulated, but I think that we need to see more of this in OTC products. One of the things is you have to publish in a journal. A med- so for everyone listening, medical journals are rated by an impact factor. Mm-hmm. And that impact factor implies that how how many times has that medical journal's articles been cited? How many times have they been referenced? How many times have they been read? Yeah. Okay. So that is all relevant because if you're publishing studies, right, or whatever it is, and they're never being read or cited by another researcher, that means they're garbage. That means there's no validity to them. So here's the thing. There's a huge debate right now in the biomedical community about this. And there's a huge debate going on because there's a lot of papers out here that never get cited. they're irrelevant you know what i mean and a lot of them if whether we want to hear it or not are in the realm of skin health dermatology there's a lot of papers out here i mean i'm talking about ingredients that you know you know what i mean you might like obviously as a founder you've researched a lot of ingredients at this point right and you'll i mean i'm talking papers that you read them and you know exactly what the real research states and you'll read them and they're completely not correct what they're writing in these papers. And so that's where I was like, you know, when I created the safe seal, I said, if you do not have a journal, if you published your clinical trial somewhere or any of your data anywhere medically in an academia setting, you need to, in a peer-reviewed setting, you need to make sure that journal has an impact factor of one or high. And if it does not, then that means that you're either, it's a brand new journal and so they have no credibility, okay? And that's important because if no one is citing that work and that data or no one is even reading about it, you know, even reading your data, that means the scientific community doesn't stand behind you and they don't stand behind what you're writing. And so, you know- Consumers don't know that. That's why I'm saying that.
1: <laughs> no, no, for sure. And look, some of this might even be too technical, right? I almost see this, see this as like behind the scenes responsibility and accountability, right? I don't want to put yeah. another thing on my consumers' plate to figure out, right? Yeah. But you know, one thing I would say, Ikta, and you know, maybe this is even a follow up conversation, but what I would just say is that the burden, right, of doing a study. And publishing it in a scientifically acclaimed and, as you say, heavyweighted journal is extremely expensive for a small brand. Yeah, it is. So, it really, yeah. so, what I say is the start, right, for a small brand is to be using ingredients that are vetted by the right journals, right? And again, to your point, you know, I remember that there was an article I found in a scientific journal online. This is in the beginning when I couldn't tell which journal was legitimate and which journal was new and and, and yet to be um, deemed credible. And I sent him an an article saying, hey, look, like this study said that there was a change in like removal of scars with rosehip oil. And he said, "Uh uh-huh, yep. The control group did it. So there was um, you know, a control group that was rubbing rosehip oil on their uh, scar and the other control group did nothing. I said, yes, yeah, yeah. So legitimate control group. He's like, no, they should have been rubbing Vaseline on their scar because exactly.
0: the exactly. control
1: is yeah. not doing nothing because even the mechanism of rubbing helps with removal of scars. And I was like, oh my goodness, how are we expecting people to you know figure this out i mean i have a science background so i still can be more discerning and so you know my my you know my thought is at least if we stopped right with what you're doing which is you know bringing the facts and science back to beauty journalism what if we start with at least saying okay if there are bodies and bodies of literature right that have published research about ingredients they have published data around the optimum usage ranges for those ingredients. They have published which ingredient it should be. And when I say orchid, I mean, there's like 300 varieties of orchid in the world, right? We're talking about that specific genus, that specific scientific name that has had those results. And so that's really what we did. And, and, you know, in a way, you know, (laughs) I'm giving our secret sauce, but that's, what we did. And that's the start, right? And so obviously, our clinical trials are, you know, that's the next step, right? And yeah. you know, it's an expensive next step for a small young brand. But, you know, the first star which is the foundation, which is like building the formulation, all of that has been done, you know, in a scientific, using research that has been scientifically rigorously
0: Enough. No, but you know yeah. what I'm gonna say this you know I, I think this is important important to really state, um, especially for consumers out there if you guys are seeing a brand that's invested in this stuff like you re- they've really invested their dollars into things like clinical trials or just studies right in general to really find the science, the effects the exactly what the chemicals and ingredients are doing. That's better money, what money well spent in comparison to, oh yeah, we just paid a bunch of UGCs to create some content. That means nothing to me at the end of the day. That doesn't mean that you as a brand are more viable than you know X, Y, Z that I can find at our drugstore. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I still don't know enough about you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what your ingredients do in synergy with one another. And that's where I get so passionate about this and why i created the safe seal you know going back to that that's really why i created it because there were brands out here such as yours you know what i mean that i kept interviewing i kept talking to these founders and they were doing everything right you you know checking off the boxes doing the due diligence towards their consumers. And there was nothing out here to award them, you know, in the sense of, hey, good job. You know what I mean? Thank you for being conscious. Thank you for being, you know, forward thinking for being science minded. I mean, that is like huge because at the end of the day, someone, you know, going back to our point, someone who does pick up your product that has a little bit more sensitive skin than normal isn't going to have that reaction. You know what I mean? They're not going to deal with the hypersensitivity reaction that a lot of times I see on Reddit from products that are just mass marketed to everybody. You know what I mean? They're not going to see that. And that's, that matters more at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So like, I, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm a huge believer in it. And I think that, you know, it, it is expensive. You're right. It's very expensive, but If we don't do it on the level of brands or media or, you know, anyone who stands for this, then how are the consumers going to know? They're never going to know, you know, and who patch tests anymore? You know, let's be honest here. I don't know a single person in my life other than the ones that have serious allergies that actually patch test products. So again, it falls on the shoulders of the brand, you know? And so, you know, I don't want to go down that road too much. Like you said, it, it does get very technical, gets very complex, but again, you know, I think it is very telling of a good brand versus not when you have one that's so willing to speak about it. So thank you for, you know, for bringing that conversation, being open to having it because, you know, it, there's nothing to hide here. You know what I mean? The the transparency is right there. So I think that's that's huge. That's really huge.
1: And, you know, another thing I would just want, you know, to tell consumers and something I've told my friends and something that I realized I stopped doing was to trust yourself, if something's going to work, it's going to work and you're going to yeah. see it. And when you talk about self care and brands are selling you things that are irritating to your skin and you have to like put up with that downtime, that's not self care. No, self care is net positive, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and results, if they're there to be seen, they will be seen. And just like really tuning in to yourself and your gut and like taking care of your skin, because the core function of the skin is to keep the good in and to keep the bad out and, you know, anything else we do to compromise that will actually, you
0: know, lead to worse skin. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And I think that more people need to have this mindset, you know what I mean? Of just being a little bit more, you know, just not even vigilant, but just understanding that there's a lot that goes into this and you might not understand all of it, but you do have to trust and trust the people who are doing things correctly. And, and, you know, do your homework around it is my, is my point, you know, as a consumer, there's a lot of mess out here and there's a lot of really great stuff as well. And unfortunately, because of the way marketing works, because of the way that the industry works, you know, whether that's in skincare, beauty, fashion, doesn't matter, you know, even healthcare, big pharma, you know, yeah. the, the people who have the big dollars, sometimes they're going to be able to push products out more for, you know, just visibility sake. But that doesn't necessarily mean that what they're doing is better than Another brand that might you might call something like an indie brand or a startup brand because it doesn't matter. It, what matters is what's in the formula. What matters is like how it works. If it's actually creating results for people, you know, if there's somebody in your life or someone that, you know, you can really trust, um, you know, explaining to you why those products work, those kind of things, right? They're teaching methods and you should always be looking for those. I think I'm always looking for them as a consumer. You know, I don't pretend like I know it all. And I think that's really important to get out there to the general consumer is this idea of you're gonna have to dig a little bit deeper. But once you do, you're gonna find products that you're gonna stick to for a very long time you know they're gonna be your holy grails they're gonna be your go-to's you know when you don't know what to pack in your bag for a trip or a vacation you know now what you can trust you know what I mean that you're not gonna have a breakout overseas or something you know something like that like so I think it becomes very important. And so I really, really commend Motif. You know, it's it's a really great brand and you guys are really doing something great. I'm a huge fan of, like I said, the cleansers. I use it. I use the cleanser in my normal routine. I absolutely love it. People have actually asked me about it. Uh, That's the funny thing. When we published our top picks, I wanted to tell you, um, you know, people reached out about your cleanser. Um, you know, and they were like, oh, you know, how do you like it, Ecta? Is it really good? <laughs> I'm like, it's amazing, it's amazing. And yet, you know, and it, it really is. And so yeah. I really urge everyone out there, you know, at the very least, check something out. You know, check it out. Like just go out, go out there, get a, you know, maybe you can try it and see how it goes for like a week or two and you know, make up your mind then and start recommending it to other people that might be, you know, really kind of like you. I mean, that's how you spread the word. So I really encourage everyone check it out. Everything in our top picks, by the way, is fully vetted. So you guys can trust, <laughs> you can trust our top picks and motif is definitely in there. So just want to, you know, give a shout out for that.
1: Thank you for that. We are seeing a lot of repeat customers for that one SKU. Um, our second SKU is coming up. uh we're seeing a lot of subscriptions um, and we're seeing a like, ton of gifting behaviors. So, you know, people that have bought once, we see that they're buying it for their friends, for their moms, for their sisters, for their like mother-in-laws, for their husbands. So we're we're seeing a huge, like, so again, it goes to say that, yes, it might be more expensive for me to acquire that one customer. But what I'm seeing is that, that customer is becoming far more loyal than they would to perhaps
0: another brand hundred percent. I love that. I'm glad you guys are experiencing, you know, the well-deserved success that, you know, is, is coming and it's, it's very much due because you've created a beautiful line and I can't wait to try the second skew by the way. So I'm really excited yes. that you guys are expanding and, and, you know, you're growing. Nice. And that's really what, that, that was my round out question for the interview was, you know, what can we expect to see for motif in the future? You know, whether that's products or whatever it, it might be that you're working on.
1: So uh, we have our um, serum, it's our um, power brightening cell serum, which again, depending on when this uh, podcast airs, um, it should go live, it, it goes live next month. Um, oh. And there's uh, a third product and a fourth product in the works that will be launched within the next uh, six to eight months as well.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. The that's so,
1: so we'll be sending it to you soon, Ekta, for you to, for you to yeah. try and hopefully. I would love that.
0: I would, love that. I would love to have you back to talk about those products. That sounds really exciting. And I'm I'm so happy to see that you guys are growing and expanding your range. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. For everyone listening, I really want you to check out the brand. And you know, I, I really mean it, you know, when I say like if there's if You know, it's a good brand. I'm fully going to stand behind it. And I really do stand behind the cleanser. I mean, that's the one I've tried so far. It's a beautiful, beautiful product. And I have had nothing but success while using it. I mean, I really, really count on it on days where I just need my skin to look the way I need it to look, especially in the mornings. You know, you all have been there, busy morning, lots to do, can't sneak in a five-step routine you know what i mean you just you want to but you can't so it's really you know it comes in clutch on those days it really does especially like in terms of hydration nourishment keeping your skin soft supple you know i was actually gonna say the vanshee that invite it like reminds me of like um cold cream back in the day but way more sophisticated obviously you know (laughs) like it, it really does like you know our grandmothers used to use cold cream to like you know like soften the face and then wipe it off you know what I mean but like this is a cleanser so it's so well formulated and it's so good and there's no residue left behind but your your face is just left baby soft and smooth and so I really recommend everybody check out the cleanser wait for the other launches to come out and yeah you'll probably be seeing them again next year at our topics I I really really love the line so thank you so much and um thanks for tuning in. And thank you for coming on to the show with Vanshee. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having it. me. It was a pleasure. No, no, it's an honor to host you. And I will be back next time. Thank you. Thank you.